All right, everyone, today signups are open for our new fall challenge, Exercise Your Mental Muscle. This is a 21-day biblical meditation challenge. I know, I'm challenging you to do nothing, <laughs> to be still, and here's why. Everyone, not a day goes by, definitely not a week, that I don't receive a DM, an email in my inbox from someone who is saying, why do I struggle to do what I know to do and what I don't want to do? I keep doing that. They feel disconnected. They know the word. They read the word. They've done the scripture. They've, they do revving the word. They do all the things, and yet they struggle. And I can tell you why. We're overworked. We're overwhelmed, we're overstressed, and we have too many options. Our blessings, living in an abundance in a first world that we live in, are becoming a burden. And our brains are overloaded with information and choices to make. So what is the opposite to do? We have to be still. Every good work begins from rest. You've been hearing me say that. So this is it. Here's what we are challenging you to. For 21 days, you are going to be a biblical meditator, which means you will just sit down and push play and listen to a biblical meditation. Scripture will be read over you, but scripture will be unpacked for you in a way that goes deep into you because you have decided, be still and know. You will learn how to embrace being still and find joy in it. You will hear the voice of God more clearly. You will cultivate a healthier mind. You will increase your immune system. I'm going to be sharing lots of studies with you and all the places of why this matters. Wouldn't it be just like us to overcomplicate things? To do more. To think if I just try this and do this, what if we just need to do less, try softer, and get in our body? You're going to learn how to be a responder instead of a reactor to your life. You're gonna to learn to be integrated body, soul, and spirit. So mindfulness, we're gonna break it down to three departments. Whenever a mindful person is, they are have an intention. That you're gonna live your life with intention. We're gonna unpack what it means to live intentionally. We also, a mindful person must have attention, pay attention. We're gonna unpack that according to scriptures of attention. And also a mindful person is aware of their attitude. To become an observer without condemnation, without shame, and the science is in on how this rewires your brain, especially, and guess what? The science even isn't talking about the Holy Spirit. We're gonna bring the Holy Spirit in and that Holy Spirit doing what he does, how your body has been designed to renew and reset according to his word. It's the word that changes us, but we must be still. So I want you to do that. Will you do that? Any donation amount gets you in. Signups close September 9th. Swipe up, there's a link. Any donation amount gets you in. You guys tell a friend, tell many friends. You're going to challenge them to sit and be still. And if this thought of doing it brings up two things. One, you think it's a waste of time. You need to do this. Two, if you think, oh my gosh, that makes me so uncomfortable. You need to do this. I'm telling you. You're going to feel agitated, but that's how change happens. Come and do this with us 21 days. Okay, I'll be talking a lot about it. But today, we're going to talk to Isabel Garza, speaking of becoming mindful, to become more aware of ourselves. Oh, Isabel Garza is a dietitian and 
the founder behind Women Wise Nutrition. I saw her on the IF Gathering, and I'm like, we got to have her on here. You're going to enjoy this conversation. Get ready. What she has to say is all rev, <laughs> revving. She is revving it out for you today when it comes to food, your body. She's going to talk about body literacy, about the curiosity we need, not to judge ourselves when it comes to food, a kinder and more compassionate approach to your body and how you relate to food. Get ready. You're going to love her. And then you're going to run off and want to do all the things with her. <laughs> I told her she's going to have to enlarge her classes because um, she's getting after the nutrition. And again, I'm not a registered dietitian, but I am a woman who knows that the Lord is for you when it comes to your relationship with food. But first, we must be for the Lord. So sign up in the Mindful Be Biblical Meditation. Exercise your mental muscle. Listen to this podcast. They go hand in hand. And we will be talking again soon. Thank you, donors, for making this podcast possible, for making our challenges, our programming possible. You are setting captives free, changing and breaking generational chains. We love you. We thank you. Have a great day. Enjoy Isabel. Swipe up to find out more about her. Follow her in all the places. And we'll talk again soon. Peace. All right, Revelation Wellness community. Today, I get to introduce you to a new friend. I saw this gal on, was, I guess it was it most recent IF gathering, was it, Isabel? Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Uh -huh. so 2021, right? The 2021 yes, in March. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm like, what month is it? What year are we in now? Anyways, <laughs> she was on IF gathering, and as soon as she started sharing about her passion for women and food and nutrition and a wise approach to it, I was surprised to, I was talking to my team going, we have not had a nutritionist on the show, like a, a nutritionist that um, has this love for God and heart centered in that, but also brings this message in a way that I think lines up with us. So you guys today, Isabel Garza is here. Um, she is the, I guess you called yourself the founder of Women, Woman Wise Nutrition. Yes. Uh -huh. Founder, founder, starter. The, the gal that makes dietitian. it happen. <laughs> a dietitian, yes. But I love your philosophy and your approach and your love for the Lord and for his people. So um, she's here and she's going to share it with us. We've got lots of questions lined up for you, Isabel. So I hope you're ready. We're going to fire these off. Oh, I am. I can't wait. <laughs> but before we jump in, why don't you share a little bit, let people know who you are and how you got to wise, uh, Woman Wise Nutrition. Yeah, of course. So hi, everyone. Um, my name is Isabel Garza. I'm a registered dietitian, and I specialize in the intersection of disordered eating and women's health. Um, I really care about this intersection because I think a lot of people feel stuck. Um, either yeah. they're feeling like they have these hormone dysfunctions or they're struggling with their body, um, and they know they want to make changes to their health, but then because of these disordered thoughts, or disordered mm. beliefs about food mm. in their body, they can feel like they can't move forward. Mm -hmm. And so my passion and my mission in Woman Wise Nutrition is really to empower women that mm. they can experience that freedom in their bodies, to not mm. fear their bodies. Yeah. Uh, gosh, I asked so many women, you know, what is one word that you would describe your relationship with your body? And gosh, you would, um, you cannot imagine the the yeah. words that that they say. It's so. Could you often, give us some? Say there's yeah. there's some common ones out there. So many women will say they feel disgusted. Um, they feel confused. They feel out of control. They feel like their body is the enemy, mm. right? And if you're living in this body, moment to moment, right, and always living with that kind of 
distress within mm. this home mm. that you're living in, mm. of course, that's going to show up in the way we think, the way we feel, the way we interact with food, the way we exercise. So and so I kind of get to that root and say, Hey, your body is always doing the best it can for you every yeah. moment of every day. So yeah. are you willing to be in that partnership? So that's kind of the energy of my practice and really my passion for women. It sounds like just such a heart of compassion and kindness, mm. like a soft approach to something that feels so hard um, and mm. something we've made really hard in many ways. It's a heavy yoke that often gets thrown around. We talk about food and what we should eat and what we shouldn't eat. Could you mm. define more of what you would say? What is the stuckness? When people say, I feel stuck, is it that is it in a belief or is it literally in um, their bodies themselves? Like what, what, when you were, when someone says to you, I'm stuck, what does that say to you? What's behind that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say it's, it's many things. Um, very often it is this belief that they are somehow broken, right? So yeah. whether that's brokenness in how they think, brokenness mm -hmm. in their eating behaviors, brokenness in their body, right? So mm -hmm. maybe they're experiencing weight gain and it fe they feel like that is an indicator of some type of brokenness. Mm. And so if we believe that this body is broken and not whole, I mean, mm. of course, we're going to feel stuck. Of course, we're going to feel like we can try a million and one things and mm. never take a step forward. Mm -hmm. So I think, yes, it is a lot about the belief systems that are at play, mm. but mm -hmm. also just experiences, right? So many yeah. women have tried these extreme diets, yeah. right? weight, you know, 30 pounds in 30 days. And mm -hmm. they think that is the standard. Mm -hmm. And that is kind of the, the epitome of what health and success looks like. Wow. And when they don't achieve that, then they feel like they are failures. Yeah. And so one of the first things that I tell women are, Hey, you're not the one who failed this, that the diet is the one that failed you. The extreme Good. protocol yeah. is what failed you so yeah. that they can kind of reclaim their health and reclaim yeah. ownership of their bodies and food and ultimately break through that stuckness that you said. Man, don't you think this, this is that our, our young girls need this message more than ever? I don't know. I, I mean, I know for me, um, being in the industry I've been in, um, seen it almost from its inception, you know, as far as fitness itself and organized fitness and nutrition, I mean, really, um, is it, uh, is it, why do I want Kenneth Cooper, like the Cooper clinic when he started like aerobic exercise and working out. And so we started working out and then, oh, we can kind of model our body or change or shape it more. And then, oh, so food does this more. And so it's almost like we've just been playing in this sandbox for a while, not knowing we're like, <laughs> we've got to get out of what is this air of what we think food and fitness has become so that it is something that we've I don't know, manipulated so much that we're now lost. And it's almost every woman feels like they're getting fed through a wood chipper of the diet mm -hmm. world. Like you've got to make it through at some point. Is it now like, isn't it an eight-year-old has on their first diet? Like is Share some statistics yeah. maybe about diets themselves. Like do you, mm -hmm. how many women try it? How many of them succeed? If just ring our bell again, when it comes totally. to the diet culture. Yeah. I mean, I encourage, you know, all your listeners to even just recall the first time you thought about your body or the first mm -hmm. time you heard about some comment or belief about specifically a woman's body. I mean, usually they're very, very negative, right? Mm -hmm. So think about puberty, right? There's so much 
shame around breast development and Mm. periods. And Mm. there's so much hiding, right. And wanting to cover up. And then there's all this fear of the changes that happen in your body, your hips widening, Mm. and then going Mm. through pregnancy, right. Women have this pressure to lose the baby weight immediately. It's this constant message that our bodies are wrong, that they're not enough, that they need to be fixed. And so no wonder women feel so stuck with food and so stuck in weight and get stuck in this cycle of trying to lose weight, feeling like a failure, trying another diet protocol, trying another fitness protocol and never feeling just at home. At home in their body. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How did you fall into this? Do you have a story of like your own interests or struggles or yeah. How did, how do you feel like God pulled you into this, this mission field? Totally. Yeah. Um, So definitely personal experience is a big uh, slice of the pie, I would Mm -hmm. say, when it comes to my passion. Um, And also, I think um, the Lord has really just put a sensitivity towards this pain that I see Mm -hmm. in women. Um, So from a personal standpoint, um, I experienced some disordered eating behaviors in college where I experienced some changes in my body and kind of echoing what I was talking about earlier, right? That message that my body was not allowed to change and that any type of change was a bad thing led me down the spiral of restriction and over-exercise. Um, and then later on, I was actually diagnosed with PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome. It's mm. a hormone dysfunction that can lead to binge-like behaviors. It can mm. lead to um, mm. disordered eating behaviors. It can lead mm. to anxiety, depression, mm. all kinds of stuff that make it really challenging to navigate a, a body that seems like there's something wrong with it. Wow. Right. That's um, good. But in that process, I was really able to understand what was going on, right? That weight gain wasn't necessarily a bad thing. It was Mm -hmm. my body trying to say, Hey, like I'm stressed or I'm experiencing some hormone imbalances. Hey, can you listen? Can you help me help you? Right. Mm -hmm. When it comes to these symptoms that are happening, um, I would say hormones are just uh, a messenger, right? And so often we shoot the messenger in that process. So again, that partnership is so important. So when I was able to learn to create a partnership with my body, rather than constantly fighting my body or white knuckling through symptoms, gosh, that's when freedom really showed up. And that's actually when a lot of my hormone symptoms kind of went into remission. Right, right? man. Mm. Okay. Let's uh, you're already, I know my listeners are freaking out right now going, yes, say this more, say this more. Mm. I talk about this in many ways too, but they're for hearing it from you now is ringing the bell again, that this, um, this state of being that we live in with our nervous system, what we, what we are really thinking or processing about creates an environment inside of us. So you're hitting on hormones. Let's go there. Help people understand what is a hormone? Why does it matter to my body? Like help them unmask this idea of their hormones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think hormones, you know, the word can feel a little intimidating. Yeah. And also or like, there's a lot of, mm-hmm, yeah, a lot of negative connotation, connotation to around. It, right. Yeah. We just talked yeah. about that over there with that doctor. We don't talk mm-hmm. about that in our, just how it is part of our daily life. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I like to just simplify it. You know, hormones are just that messenger, right? They're signals, they're red flags. They're kind of like this game of telephone inside our body that helps us understand how to better take care of it. Mm -hmm. So that is so key to understand, right? Mm -hmm. That even when signs and symptoms 
that are uncomfortable show up. So whether that's acne or weight gain or mood swings or even hair loss, right? The first thing we want to do is just stifle that down, right? And mm-hmm. that negative mm-hmm. um, narrative shows up in, in our head, which then also shows up in our bodies and all interconnected. Mm-hmm. But if we're able to interpret these signs and symptoms as, hey, my body is requesting something. How can I respond? How can I nourish my body fully rather than feel like I need to fix it, right? That Mm. fix it mentality, I think is what really gets us in trouble Mm -hmm. sometimes. Mm -hmm. So it's really that healing approach. I want to nourish my body. I want to give it enough to heal and thrive. And so that I can engage in all the things that are important to me in my life. And it's just so crazy how we perpetuate the thing we don't want to do when we feel the stress of, oh my gosh, my pants don't buckle or whatever it is. Like then we feel the fear of that, the lie that's behind it, whatever it is. And we create um, like a hormone chemical stew, whether it's the chemistry of a neurotransmitter because of the thought or the hormone itself. We create again an internal environment that now says we are at war, we have to prepare. And then we're living in that that state of stress and nobody makes good decisions. You're fighting your body that says, I want to set you to homeostasis, but we're living in the strategic, like when is the shoe going to drop? How am I going to get this weight off fear thing? And it just nothing. I just find it so funny. It's almost ironic. It's so countercultural because we're taught Mm -hmm. to take things by control. Like Yes. Get the portions controlled or count the macros mm-hmm. or do the thing to get something safe when really, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, there's, there's some knowledge to knowing if I'm protein deficient or amino, whatever it might be, but that can't be the starting place. Right. That, right. And so when you start with a woman, what does that look like for you? When you work with a client, um, do you do blood work? Do we like, what would you tell a woman who wants to even start making wise steps about it? But like you mentioned, you have PCOS, you had it, Mm -hmm. you can do all you want, but if that was there and you don't know it, there's power behind that knowledge of knowing, oh, my body is actually sending out flags. I can, I can't change anything until I cooperate with my body. So do you do that? Do you help people? Do they get blood work or what would you suggest to a woman who wants to take wise steps towards her nutrition? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'd say a lot of women are outsourcing a lot of information, right? Mm. They're looking on the internet, they're Googling certain words, Dr. Google, right? The, the mm. most popular <laughs> doctor. Oh, <out> yes. There. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but what I really empower women to do is turn into that internal expert, right? And what That's I cool. help women do is to build what I call body literacy, which Mm. is really becoming literate and understanding your body. Now I know that is more complex, right? Than just saying, okay, listen to your body, best of luck. And so I do (laughs) help women interpret, okay, what is that signal telling you when you're experiencing really strong cravings, when you're noticing that you feel shaky and dizzy, what does that mean about your body? What is your body asking you to do for it? So that is so foundational because I think we're so caught up with the age of the internet, right? On just getting all this external information that we're not willing to tune in and really say, well, what is my body saying? What does my body needs? Because mm-hmm. you and Susie Q and whoever, your bodies are all so different. Um, and you mentioned labs as well. And that is a tool that I use to complement that internal wisdom, right? So, okay, these are the numbers that we're seeing. Well, you mentioned that you're not sleeping well at night. We're seeing this big cortisol spike. 
spike. So mm. what is causing that cortisol spike? Is it stress? Is it blood sugar dysregulation, right? So it's yeah. always this collaboration with yeah. your body. I never use labs to invalidate your experience mm. or dismiss how you're feeling or the pain mm-hmm. you're experiencing. We have to say, okay, this is what is going on in your body. Mm-hmm. This is what you're experiencing. Mm-hmm. What do our labs say? about Mm -hmm. that. So we have to put all these pieces together. They don't exist in silos. That's so good. You know, a personal story, my daughter for a long time, we would just say, Oh, she just, she's an anxious girl. She's anxious. She's got some anxiety Mm -hmm. like, Oh, all teens have anxiety and, you know, just kind of sweep it under the rug in a sense of not realizing it got to the point where it was so out of control. Like the heart rate was high and there was like verbal or visual signs. So we end up taking her to the doctor and finally, like, I almost feel bad confessing this. Like I should have taken her so long ago Mm -hmm. and listened to her telling me what her body was trying to tell her. But yeah, she ended up with um, Graves disease, Hashimoto's. Like we, she had a full thyroidectomy because it was just bonkers. And I can look back at her life and see, I think she's had it since almost she's a little girl. Like just, there's so many signs that she has, her body has lived in a state of stress Um, and some of it is environment, you know, I'm sure there's some things that I didn't do great as a mom. I've totally owned that, but also literally the chemistry of her body. So no matter how much meditation or (laughs) eating the right things that she tried to do or think the right thoughts, her chemistry was just, was never going to set. And so about a year ago we had her thyroid removed. She's a complete, now it was a huge healing process, like, cause that's such a hormone regulator is your thyroid. So she crashed all kinds of crazy things had to go, you know, bottom out in order to heal. But, um, she is not the same girl at all. Like the confidence that she has, the anxiety, she sleeps now, all these things. I'm just like, wow. So I always say that to our audience, that it is a both and that there's this things that we're putting in that we're choosing to do, but also these thoughts that we have or our lifestyle that we're thinking and just be creates that internal environment. And sometimes it wears on the body. Mm-hmm. So you talk about that we have control of our thoughts and what we choose to think about. How do you practice that sort of mindfulness in your own life? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and thank you, Elisa, for just sharing your own experience oh. as a mom and, and your daughter. Cause I, I know that can be quite a journey. Oh and my like goodness. You mentioned, yeah. It's not even after surgery, it's, it's not a quick fix, nope. right? It's not nope. something that just, there's no silver bullet. It really nope. is a journey of yeah. healing. So I hope, you know, any listeners who are experiencing chronic illness, if you're feeling frustrated with your progress, yeah. I think your story offers a lot of hope in what that progress looks like. Oh, um, thank you. Yeah. And, and your question, you know, talking about our thoughts and building mindfulness. And I also think we've talked a little bit about the nervous system Mm -hmm. in this process. They all play such an integral role. And yes, there are a lot of things that we can do with our thoughts. Um, I would say that trying to control our thoughts probably cause more harm than good, right? We have to kind of take a step back and I, I call it more observing and yes girl I'm gonna ring the bell they've heard me talk about this over and over yep you go talk talk teach preach (laughs) I I would say you know using an analogy of like um sitting on a beach right when we're fighting our thoughts it's it's like we're getting caught up in the waves and we're caught Mm. up in that riptide and you can fight all day and you're still gonna get turned over over and over and you're gonna get pretty pretty exhausted right but if you can sit on the beach 
and watch the waves, that is a completely different experience. So there is definitely a separation of your thoughts that are really important. In fact, for a lot of my clients who have um, more extreme uh, symptoms of disordered eating, a lot Mm -hmm. of invasive thoughts about food, Mm -hmm. food restriction, Mm -hmm. body Mm -hmm. image, I like to name that entity. So Mm -hmm. name the thoughts, give them a personality, right? Mm -hmm. And that helps that separation that, hey, you are not your thoughts, right? If you have this thought Mm -hmm. about um, judgment around your food or criticism towards your body, you can say, hey, that's not me. That's just those Mm -hmm. automatic thoughts. Those are just Mm -hmm. the waves going, I'm sitting on the beach, Mm -hmm. I'm safe. And so Mm -hmm. that is so key when it comes to the thoughts or else we can really end up living our life based off of these thoughts that are totally automatic. So um, I'll use a personal example to kind of bring it down to earth. Um, you know, even I teach this stuff. Some days I still have b- bad body image days. Yeah. I wake up. I don't know. It's Me too, I girl. Me too. Or not yep. to sleep well. Who sure. knows? You know, sure. but I, sh- I wake up and I'm just not feeling so great in my body. So did I have control over that? Probably not. Am I going to try to wrestle that thought down? Probably not going to be really successful mm-hmm. in that. But I, what I can do, what is it within my control is to choose how I respond to it, right? So yeah. I can go down a path of wearing really tight jeans that I know are going to make me super self-conscious the whole day. I can really restrict my food, right? Mm. Under eat, which then of mm. course will increase that physical anxiety because mm-hmm. we're so connected, right? Food helps us feel safe. It helps us mm. calm our nervous system. Mm. Or I can say, hey, you know, sometimes there's just bad body image days, just like a bad yeah. hair day, right? Sometimes there's just bad hair days. Yeah. So I'm going to put on my comfy pants. I'm going to move on with my life. I'm going to commit to nourishing my body well. Yeah. And that's really what giving yourself space and separation from your thoughts really yeah. looks like. Yeah. Um, now I think and, an exception, um, oh, sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. You. No, I say, keep going. I'll come back. Keep going. Yeah, of course. Um, I was just going to say there's an, an exception to that, which I think you noted a little bit earlier is that for those with history of trauma, um, that mm-hmm. trauma is very wired into your nervous system. And mm-hmm. so thoughts are a little bit more challenging mm-hmm. to address, to mm-hmm. identify. Um, in fact, there was a, a therapist that said this once with such compassion and validation. I'll just always, always remember it. She said, if you could think your way out of it, you would have already. Amen. And I think uh, that just, I think provides so much hope for a lot of people who yeah. may have some awareness around their thoughts, but feel like they can't shape shift them or can't mm-hmm. separate themselves from it. And that's okay. It just means that there's something deeper that's mm-hmm. going on, something that may be wired into your nervous system to address. Mm-hmm. So I always like to say that, or else I think we can get into this faux positivity of just change your thoughts, you know, just reframe your thoughts. And mm-hmm. it's so different for different people, depending on your life experience. Are there different techniques or any tips that you give people? Cause we can say to people, observe your thoughts but they often don't observe it until it's too late. So, you know, it's almost like having these stop gaps or places where they can observe themselves. Is there anything, any practices or things that you encourage them to do so that they become more observant people? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say it depends on the person, right? Mm-hmm. So our thoughts affect how we feel and then those feelings affect how we act. Mm -hmm. So sometimes if the thoughts are a little bit challenging to identify, Mm -hmm. I encourage women to start 
what is most obvious for them. So maybe mm. it's the feeling, maybe they're feeling Good. anxious or they're feeling overwhelmed. Okay, well, what are the thoughts or beliefs that are creating that feeling? Mm. Or if they're mm. engaging in binge-like behaviors or they're feeling really chaotic with eating, mm. okay, well, what are the thoughts or the feelings that are creating those behaviors? So I think starting with a place that is a little bit more obvious that you can see or experience a little bit uh, more regularly and then learning to dive deeper under the layers. So it really is... An- I hope people hear this. What I'm hearing is even if your observation comes late and you're like, I'm actually now in the pantry eating the thing, Mm -hmm. that the last thing you want to do is, well, just disconnect and condemn yourself or go, well, I've come this far, that that is actually a really beautiful time to then go, okay, I'm doing this now. Observe myself and ask the questions of why and what thought and what feeling, you know, just to, to go deeper, even if it's in the middle of the thing that you're doing. Because sometimes we think it's too late, right? I already messed it up. I didn't do it right. When actually, that is a really beautiful opportunity and a grace of God if you can be in the mess and know, oh, I'm in the mess. <laughs> okay, right. no dirt on my face. What can I learn here? And then that creates, I mean, in terms of neuroscience, that is a opportunity for a new neural pathway. Like now, now's the time. Like I love that the Bible says that no temptation has seized you. That's common to man. But when you're tempted, God will provide a way out. And maybe if it's in, you don't know you're being tempted until you're in the thought or in the action or in that feeling that you're doing. But then you now have an opportunity then to go, okay, there's still another, another way out. In your story, mm-hmm. you talk about um, you exercise, like you kind of had to go through a time where you took a break. Will you talk about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, gosh, my uh, relationship with exercise and form of exercise has evolved so much over time. Let's and hear it. For, for anyone who feels like exercise needs to look the same for the rest of their life, I'm just going to totally reject that and say exercise... <laughs> can change <laughs> over your life cycles, over your, your, the changes that you experience in your body, through Amen. different phases in your life. Um, so gosh, my, my story, um, when I was in the midst of my disordered eating, all I was thinking about was what kind of type of exercise could I engage in to burn the most calories and mm. lose the most weight? That was mm. all exercise was about. So a very one dimensional kind of punishment restriction type of energy around exercise. And of course Mm. I was in the worst place mentally, emotionally, physically, my skin was super dull. It was very flaky. My hair was falling out, Mm. but it's, it's wild how obsessive that drive can be where you just end up ignoring all these other signs of health. Um, And then when I was um, kind of beyond uh, my disordered eating behavior, really healed from that, was able to come from a holistic place of health, um, I really got into weight training. I was really Mm -hmm. excited about, gosh, Mm. like it feels so good to feel strong. It feels so good to be able to, you know, lift my suitcase in the overhead bin all by myself because of the strength that I've been able to um, achieve uh, through, through physical fitness. Um, And then actually I had to shelf exercise for a little while because I experienced a bit of a flare in my PCOS. I was around the time that I experienced that diagnosis. So I was really fatigued. I would work out once a week and I felt like I had to take 
five days yeah. to recover. Yeah. Um, and so looking back, gosh, I remember all these judgmental thoughts just saying, I'm lazy. I can't believe this is what mm. I'm doing. I should write that should word, should mm. be able to work out more. And in retrospect, I just see that as exactly what my body needed. It needed to heal. It needed to slow down. It needed to recover. Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually when my symptoms were in remission, I was able to re-engage in exercise. And now as I'm learning more about my body and understanding my body well, I even know what type of exercise is best for me throughout my cycle. So first half of my cycle, when I'm feeling motivated, you know, maybe I can jump on that spin bike, right. Or do like a hip workout. And my second half of my cycle, when I'm feeling a little bit, you know, needing that rest, needing to slow down, I say, you know, I'm going to take a long walk today. I'm going to stretch. I'm just going to do some, you know, a a short little yoga YouTube video, right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that permission is so important to give ourselves permission to engage in exercise that is supportive towards our body. That's such a beautiful picture. It's just a beautiful picture of resilience and flexibility that you can bend and move into different ways of moving and that does, and that you'll your body is still going to be resilient. You're still doing something to get to garner strength, engage in your body. I do think and I I'm sure you would agree that that, that to me fitness isn't like you just a, a diet like you can't out People are like, I need to lose weight. Don't try and do it through fitness. It's like the worst, most exhausting, a great way to blow your adrenals and hormones, get it messed up because we're just not meant to try and chase that rabbit. But it's a great way to just get in your body, to be, how's this feel in my body? What does it feel like in my my glutes right now as I do this, this stretch or if I do this movement? Just because we're integrated beings, we just can't silo ourselves off. So it has a place, but ultimately knowing, you know, what your thoughts are thinking and then what the choices we make. And Mm -hmm. if we, food is not, we can look at food in a way that I think that's what I hear from you is that that it's just kind and more curious. And there's a way through that isn't restrictive and, 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 um, demanding. Would you yeah. call your woman wise practice, um, more in that intuitive eating to help women become more intuitive eaters? What's, what's your end goal for a woman who comes through you, you know, comes to you and gets counseling? What's your hope for them at the end of it? Yeah. My hope is that they're the expert of their own bodies. There you go. So I, I don't want to be mm-hmm. that lifelong expert because right. when I'm not in their bodies That's and their right. bodies are going to change over time. Right? right. So I don't want them to have to rely on an external expert to feel confident in navigating the different phases of their life. So there's a lot of education around that on interpreting mm-hmm. symptoms, but there's also a deep trust when it comes to learning about your body, learning that you can honor its hunger, that you can feel satisfied, that fullness isn't a bad thing. And that when things Mm. are a little bit out of balance, you know how to recalibrate. You don't totally shut down and say, well, there my body goes again, sabotaging all my goals and sabotaging all my efforts to say, oh, okay, body's telling me something, right? You mentioned adrenals earlier. Look, I'm feeling a little fatigued. What is my adrenals telling me? And offering that type of intelligence, right? That internal intelligence that can help continue to guide them. So them becoming the expert, that is always so key. Isn't it cool? I I say that to our our, um, instructors too, who lead others, help others, you know, just to get in their bodies and help people become their own expert. Really help people to go, you have God living in you. He is a way better personal trainer, mm-hmm. intuition, the Holy Spirit, your conscience, your intuition. They just to bring them online. And I think the best 
teachers, uh, practitioners work themselves out of a job. Like they, mm-hmm. they teach them enough. So you no, don't need to be chained to me for the rest of your life. You now know this. Now you teach it to your children or your neighbor or whoever else like that. That just feels like such gospel and sounds like exactly what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. awesome. Yeah. What's next for you, Isabel? What are you doing? What are you working on? Anything that's coming? Anything you want to share that's uh, exciting? Totally. I love that question. Um, So I have a biannual group program um, that is going to be relaunching in September. And I'm really excited about it. I'm building in new curriculum, new resources, um, learning from our past round and um, just getting to celebrate all these women and their progress and wanting to bring their growth um, to teach the women in in the next cycle. So um, that's coming up. That's been a big project that um, I've been working on and I'm really excited to just serve a whole new group of women um, in the beginning of October. So program launches in September and we're starting the program in October. And then how many women will go through it at a time? Yeah, usually around 20. I think that's okay. kind of a, a good balance between a, a good number of women to build a good, strong community, but also intimate enough so that all the women have um, the, the space to talk, room um, to really yeah. share what's on their mind and share their experience. Well, get ready because you're about to sell that out <laughs> and um, everyone be patient. She's only one woman. I already started this show. Uh, we talked earlier, like, is it only you? Because as soon as we unleash this, I know that people are going to be like, how can I work with Isabel? Your heart is so beautiful, Isabel, how you really, the compassion and kindness you have. And then the knowledge for food. And I think just to uncomplicate it and make it so approachable for women, God bless. What a fresh air of fresh breath of air that you are into this world of crazy fitness and wellness that I have seen go through many phases through the years. So I'm so glad you're here. Oh, thank you so much. And thanks so much for having me. I mean, having this conversation and seeing your passion for women and empowering Mm -hmm. them through fitness. I mean, that is so special. And like you said, in a world that uses that as a form of suppression and that is so demanding mm-hmm. and restrictive mm-hmm. um, to, to speak against that. I mean, that is something yeah. really special. Well, I think we are a good symbiotic duo. I appreciate <laughs> it. I'm glad to know I have you in the corner as a resource. Okay. So how should people connect with you or find out more about you? Sure. So you can find me on social. Um, I'm on Instagram at womanwise nutrition. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also go to my website, womanwisenutrition.com. Um, there you can apply to work with me one-on-one, um, mm-hmm. or you can sign up for the wait list for the nurse with purpose group program that is launching in September. That's awesome. One thing before you go, one more thing. Mm-hmm. What's what, if you could tell what, a woman, one thing you want them to know, what's the one thing you'd want them to know? I would say, know your why. Um, Why do you do the things that you do? Why do you care about Mm. your body, fitness, health, hormones? Mm. It has to be bigger than food. It has to be bigger than the number on the scale. So to, to walk away from this conversation, to just explore, why am I doing all this? And if it's coming from a place of fear, right? Fear of weight gain, fear of Mm -hmm. chronic illness, fear of what other people are going to think about you. That's not going to bring life. That's not Mm -hmm. going to bring joy. So Mm -hmm. dive in. What is that? Why that brings you joy, that brings you life. That's going to sustain you beyond Mm -hmm. just what to eat and and that number on the scale. And and I hope women will find that. 
Okay. Now fun questions. Ready? Three pop questions. And then I'll let you go. I asked (laughs) folks, yes, they all know what's coming. Listeners know. Okay. Coffee, tea, or kombucha. What's your go-to drink? Tea. Tea or tea girl? Mm -hmm. Like what kind of tea? Gray tea? What kind of green tea? Green tea. Yeah. I'm a little sensitive to caffeine. So usually I'll take uh, a break on, on coffee. I'll get too, too amped up. (laughs) I'm not a, I'm not a coffee gal either. I always try Mm -hmm. it because I think that's what the cool people do and the writers too, but it just doesn't work (laughs) for me. Um, your favorite way to move your body right now. Um, I would say doing a 30 minute spin session. That's been oh. really uh, stress relieving and um, my cardio is not the best. So I've been really challenging myself in that area. Okay. Do you have a, like a Peloton or anything like that or a stationary bike for 30 minutes? Yeah, we, we have a gym that I'll just hop on one of those bikes and pull up a YouTube video or something like that. Make so it many resources. Easy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, you can use RevWell TV. We have tons of <laughs> free yeah. workouts with yes, good yes, Jesus yes. and to point you to the, the goodness of God. Um, and then your favorite go to like workout wear line of clothing or place to shop for it. Go. Mm. Uh, there's this brand called girlfriend that I really Never love. They it. are super body inclusive. Writing it um, down. The clothing that they make is really sustainable as well. And it's also just fun, right? It's not just about like sculpting the booty and yeah. you know, showing off who knows what it's just, yeah. it's just fun clothing that celebrates fitness and movement. So I really it's called love girlfriend. Yeah. It's called girlfriend. Did do you, did you, someone introduce you to it or did they like, I've never heard, I, I know a lot about yoga clothes and all things. <laughs> I've never heard of it. How'd you find Actually, them? Actually not sure. Probably through, through the grapevine somehow or another, huh. or maybe through social media, you know, there's so much ads oh, these gosh. days. Yeah. If you look at one <laughs> pair of pants, then you see every line of yes, everything. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, that's fun. All right. Well, Isabel, don't be surprised if we have you back again and ask more questions. Cause I know our listeners are going to be like, get her back. Let's talk more, especially as holidays approach and all the different things. Mm-hmm. So I hope you'd be willing to come back, but we'll talk again soon. Sound good? Yes. Thank you, Elisa. So glad to be here. Thanks for being here.